Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Fifteen years ago, one of the most consequential decisions was taken by the then coalition government led by Brian Cowan. The Irish state would stand over all Irish banks, no matter how solvent they were, and protect Irish customer deposits, but also all investors who had bought bank bonds and shares. It would lead to Irish taxpayers taking on the debt of a fully insolvent Anglo-Irish bank and nationalising the entire banking sector. It also plunged the nation into its deepest ever recession. Context is, of course, important. All major banks worldwide were falling like skittles back in late 2008. Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers had collapsed and British banks were about to be bailed out. Confidence in Irish banks was plummeting because they had loaned way too much money to property developers who themselves were in deep trouble. The guarantee was to protect banks, but it also meant that spivs and speculators would have made would be made whole despite taking a huge risk with their investments in lower tier or subordinated Irish bank bonds. Here's the then business editor of The Independent, Brendan Keenan, speaking on RTE 15 years ago. Well, I mean, nothing like this has ever been seen before, but arguably nothing has ever been seen before has been happening in the world over the last several weeks and, and months. Um, it wasn't entirely what I had expected. I'd expected some version of what's being on in Europe, a kind of mixture of governments putting money in, other banks putting money in. But I think the situation here was different. Um, none of the banks, as I understand it, are particularly looking to be rescued. What they said was, look, our deposits are fleeing the country and we cannot access funds. Uh, and if that is the problem, and that is the big if that is yet to be answered, then this looks on the face of it about the best way of dealing with it. Because if the Irish banks aren't insolvent, then it's not money we need, it's confidence. And that was Brendan Keenan speaking 15 years ago. Brian Hayes is the chief executive of the BPFI. Before that, he was a minister in the Fine Gael government from 2001. But at the time of the guarantee was a finance spokesman for the opposition However, we will be speaking to the governor, the former governor of the Central Bank of Ireland, Patrick Honahan, at 8.30 today. And Aidan Donnelly is still with us from Davies. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Brian, can I ask you, did you guys have any inkling about this momentous decision and how it was about to be taken 15 years ago? No, Joe, it was presented um, to the then opposition as as an emergency measure um, at the time. I I know that... uh, the late Brian Lennon, who was only a finance minister some months before all of this kicked off, um, spoke to Michael Lunan and spoke to Andy Kennedy at the time. And of course, they then relayed that conversation to us. But at the time, if a government, any government, uh, would come to the principal opposition party and outline an emergency measure, it's likely that the, that measure would be supported on the basis that it is an emergency um, what what kicked off in 2008, of course, was the guarantee. But of course, it it was only part of what ultimately ended in 2010 uh, as the bailout between the IMF, the European Commission and Ireland. And it was in the middle of that kind of two year period where the full losses in the banking sector were, were kind of finally crystallized. So uh, at the time, uh, it was presented very much as an emergency measure to bring some confidence to the situation in a circumstance where... Um, we saw enormous financial turbulence at the time and uh, that was seen by the government at the time as the right thing to do. But I think in, in looking back in hindsight, and hindsight's a great thing, 
Um, it probably was the least worst option at the time, uh, given the scale of the losses that were not realised across the banking sector, and especially in Anglo, uh, which was uh, the real problem child at, at the time. Yeah. Aidan, let's bring you in. Aidan Donnelly, um, what were you doing 15 years ago? Um I, I think the, the context is really important when, when, when you think about this because, you know, we kind of had something similar at the start of this year in terms of the, the Silicon Valley Bank. But I, I think the context is, is, is very, very important because this was a global phenomenon in that, you know, we are, as you said, Lehman's had collapsed, Bernstein's Stearns had collapsed. And normally if it had been isolated just to, our, to Ireland, right, you, you probably would have had some foreign banks come in. They would have taken over the Irish banks and everything would have been... Uh, everything would have been sorted. There wouldn't have been the need for the government. And to a certain extent, we saw that in parts of Europe because they had some very, very big banks that um, weren't as badly impacted. They were kind of called upon to, to, to rally around. But in, in the Irish context, you really only had the, the, the six banks. There was, there was nobody else. And, and, and as the, from the perspective of being a smaller economy, when all hell was breaking loose in, in the US and in Europe, you know, an awful lot of the potential buyers of, of, of Irish banks just had so many fires to fight on, 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 on their own uh, basis. And, and, you know, ultimately the thing was, uh, um, you know, when you, when you looked at it in, in the initial stages, it was really a liquidity issue right? because you had so many, uh, so much of the deposits uh, leaking out, particularly out of, of, of the likes of Anglo. You know, we, you were, you know and in the early days, you were looking, getting daily reports of, you know, 50 million and 200 million in, in, in deposits clipping out um, every day. And, you know, people were, were, were looking at it. The share prices were falling um, and the bond markets were, 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 were going crazy. So as, as, as Brian said, it kind of was the, 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 the best of a bad lot, ultimately. And I think the other thing to, to, to bear in mind is that, that at that time, the, the banks between them were were significant employers within the within the economy as well, and all of that would have been called into question um, had the banks gone gone into liquidation. Yeah, Brian, let's go back to you. Did you have any inkling that the banking system was so weak fifteen years ago? And the then regulator said that Irish banks were fully funded, fully solvent, and had plenty of capital. How could he and the entire system have got it so wrong? Well, no, it it was not just. Um, an economic collapse. It was a political collapse and a regulatory collapse, absolutely. And people didn't want to know the truth. Uh, I, mean, I remember at the time, people like Morgan Kelly found it difficult to get his article published by the Irish Independent at the time. Uh, there were very significant articles in The Economist about the state of the Irish property market, the way in which uh, the the amount of leverage was up on, on property, real estate and uh, construction you know, at the year t- t- 2008, Joe, uh, we were building 90,000 houses. And part of me would say, we'd love we were to do that again. Houses now. Yeah. But like this was in, uh, in the subsequent years that followed um, the bailout, 40% of the people who lost their jobs were directly or indirectly attached to construction. So this was an economy that no one really asked the hard questions on, uh, a very small group of people, and they were ignored. Yeah. So, um, and I think it's much, it was much bigger. And I think that that actually came out in, in the, the Nyberg investigation and in the Oireachtas uh, inquiry that followed. What 
what, what was more significant actually was the fact that the warning sites at a regulatory level, a political level, they were ignored. and at the banking level were ignored or not taken seriously. And that's the one big lesson from this yeah. around the necessity of listening to contrarian voices. Okay, well, stay with us, Brian and Aidan. We'll come back in a moment. We'll continue our chat about the bank guarantee and its legacy. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Yeah, welcome back. It is coming up to 6.54 and we're speaking to Brian Hayes from the BPFI and Aidan Donnelly, of course, from Davies and we're marking the 15th anniversary of the bank guarantee. Brian, what did we learn in subsequent years? We're all wise after the fact, but what was the, what's the legacy of the bank guarantee? And I say that in the context of uh, another small open economy which had a similar banking collapse and that was Iceland. They let their mm. banks go to the wall and that country recovered quicker, far rapidly far more rapidly than our country. Well, Iceland wasn't in the Eurozone as we are, mm. and Iceland didn't depend on multinationals uh, and uh, as we did. Iceland had to impose um, um, very significant capital controls. Were we to do that, it would have demolished our multinational sector uh, directly and indirectly. So uh, we, we were a very different economy. Um, we didn't follow that example, but we couldn't follow that example because we were in a European system at the time. And it was a, and, and I think that example would not have delivered uh, the ultimate um, success that we're going through right now in terms of the turnaround of the economy. What have we learned, Joe? I mean, I think Mark Carney put it well recently. He said, you know, the number one job of a bank is to take the precautionary approach, uh, always to take the precautionary approach to assume the worst will happen uh, and making sure that you have the capital and liquidity behind a balance sheet. Uh, and, that, and that wasn't the case 15 or 16 years ago at Irish banks. Well, no, because the scale of the loss was so col- colossal. Um, and Shane's point earlier, I mean, we, we in the first quarter this year, we saw some examples in the world of what can happen when a bank goes wrong. I mean, the SVB example in the United States, which was all, I mean, they, there was an example of, of a bank that had lent long and hard when it came to tech companies that were going through a difficult time. And you saw the Credit Suisse example. We haven't seen that in Europe, largely because we have banking union. And I think banking union has introduced a new supervisory system. It has much better capital controls, the amount of capital the banks have to hold now against their balance sheet for for loss absorption is massive. And I also think um, the international environment, we have now the Basel rules when it comes to capital, which is international standard. Mm. Now, things can always go wrong. But I think we have moved out from the kind of bailout to bail-in territory because we now have a single resolution fund uh, across the European Union um, and we have a new supervisory system. So, you know, Europe in the last two or three quarters, despite the turbulence, didn't have a bank failure. And I think the other thing is 10 years ago, we had another uh, thousand-odd banks in Europe. We've gone from having 3,000 banks in Europe to about 2,000 banks in Europe. So the banking sector has become consolidated. It is bigger. It has more capital and liquidity. And I think it's constantly stress testing its balance sheet at a European-wide basis. Okay. Well, let's, and that's crucial. Uh, let's give aid. We've only got a minute, Aidan. Uh, good thing or bad thing, the bank guarantee? 
Look, ultimately, it was a thing of the day. I think it was a necessity at the time. Um, I think, as, as Brian says, there have been positive developments um, since in terms of a whole frameworks, proper frameworks being put in place across Europe as a whole. I would say to the one, one thing that we just need to be careful of is that, you know, that doesn't become a crutch and, 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 and stifle growth in, in, in terms of lending as well. You don't want it necessarily to be too austere that you, you you know, as we talked about with the German economy in 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 recession right now, you you want to make sure that you know there is still grease on the wheels to a certain extent that that, that the economic wheels haven't 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 slowed out. But you know, there's no doubt about it. There has been there has been positives, and as I said, to you, it was a necessity at the time. Okay. Well, thank you both for joining us, and have a lovely weekend to both of you. That's Brian Hayes from the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland and Aidan Donnelly from Davies. Thank you both for joining us for this discussion. And uh, when... Uh... News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.